This is Unclaimed Bands, show 84. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight our guest is Sarah Beth. Welcome. Hello, thanks for having me on. Oh, no, we're, it's our pleasure. Uh, and uh, congratulations on being our, uh, our a winner for our January contest with uh, Reverb Nation. Um, we're really excited to be able to uh, be able to meet artists uh, such as yourself and, and do these types of interviews. So uh, I'm glad you submit it. Uh, I, I might as well let you know it's a, like a panel of us, and we unanimously decided. We all came back with like who we wanted to do the interview with, and you were our top pick. So wow, well that makes me feel really special and honored. I'm I'm not kidding either. So we all came, I came with a chart. I'm like, well this you know blah blah, blah and this is who, and and they're all like, yeah, well that's who we thought too. I'm like, okay, cool. So who's our second pick? And you know that's how we did it with that. <laughs> So, um, so uh, before we go any further, let's jump in and let everybody hear one of your songs. Uh, what are we going to hear? Well, um, this is actually Miss You Anywhere. It's one of the first songs I ever wrote when I moved to Nashville. All right. This is Miss You Anywhere.
Okay, that was Miss You Anywhere by Sarah Beth. Can you tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that song, especially since it was the first one you wrote when you moved to Nashville? Yeah, well, and I, I say this all the time, and still to this day it is, but songwriting to me is a little bit intimidating because you have to basically, you're just brainstorming, and you can't be afraid of someone, you know, shooting your idea down. Um, but it's really, it's very very hard sometimes um and writing miss you anywhere i wrote it with dean sams uh, of the group lone star he's also my producer and uh, runs my label with me and another a good friend of mine miss ray carson but whenever we you know we knew we were going to write and so dean just said come with you know send me some ideas email me some ideas and i didn't know exactly what that meant so basically what I sent him was um, a page of my journal, essentially. Um, and from that, we came up with I Can Miss You Anywhere. So that's kind of how the song was born. And, um, yeah, it's really cool to actually have released something that I wrote because I never thought I'd be a songwriter. So it's really neat to have released a song that I wrote out to the world. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, you know, In your bio, you mentioned that you've been forming since you've been young. Uh, since you were very young and all that. Uh, but what what's your first musical memory growing up? Well, of course, singing in the car and all that stuff growing up. But the biggest one is probably when I was in fifth grade. And I sang My Heart Will Go On in the talent show at my elementary school. And I remember I used to have terrible stage fright. And I was in a white lace dress, and I stood there, and I don't think I moved at all the entire time. I, like, sang the song, probably <laughs> looked like I, I was about to pass out. And um, I know that sounds like a horrible memory, but looking back, it's so funny to think about that and to see now where I'm at and how much I've changed, you know, obviously since I was 10. But that is one of my favorite memories, <laughs> even though it was kind of awful at the time. Well, it's okay. It's it's one of those ones that uh, you always look back and go, yeah, all right, I've come a long way since 10. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> so, you know, after obviously after that, uh, while we're singing all the time, uh, you ended up going to uh, Baylor College and you were singing in the choir there and, and all that. But at what point did you go, you know what, I want to, I think this is the time I want to give music a try? Um, well, it's really easy to kind of let, you know, self-doubt or, or others' doubt get in the way of your dreams. And that's kind of what I let happen to me. I basically said, I'm never going to be the one in a million. And so I went the safe route. Like you said, I went to Baylor. I got an entrepreneurship degree. And then uh, my younger brother is a tennis athlete, and he actually got drafted to play baseball uh, by the St. Louis Cardinals. He went in the second round. And when that happened for him, I was looking at my little brother and thinking, he followed his dreams. He always said he was going to play professional sports, and he is. And so it was kind of a wake-up call to me because if he was doing what he loved to do and always wanted to do, why was I not even trying to do what I wanted to do? So it was when my brother got drafted to play baseball that I decided music was what I what I was going to go for. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So inspired by your brother, basically, inspired or not. By my brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, you know, I, I was wondering, so since you, you you did that, I wasn't sure if you would started doing that, you know, if you were in college, you, you obviously completed your degree. How do you think your music might have changed or might have been different if you had started doing this, like, say, after high school and not even gone to college? It would be, I, it would be completely different, and I would be completely different. Um, I think 
during college, I really, and, and even after college, I really got to know who I was and just, um, I spent a lot of time just working on my, on myself. So mm-hmm. it sounds kind of like philosophical or something, but I, I just, I have a really strong foundation of who I am and, um, the person that I really want to be in life. And I want to say that I was really mature, you know, graduating from high school and that if I had done music, I would still be the same person. But I really, I'm really glad that, that my past and timeline happened this way. Cause like I said, I think it would just be, I can't even tell you how it would be different, but I think that being a little bit more mature, mm-hmm. you're a little bit more focused maybe. And, um, I, I have a little bit more of an opinion as well. Um, which I don't think I would have had, had I been, you know, 17 or 18. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you're absolutely true. You know, we are, we are who we are and our life experiences make, make us up and uh, that changes everything for us. But I, yeah. So- well, and, and you just, I have I have more life experiences I feel like from college because you know it's your first time to be out on your own and um and it's just it's you know one of those experiences you can't explain to somebody unless you just have to live it you know true very true you know you mentioned earlier about um, obviously working with Dean Dean Sam's on from Lone Star on your uh, on your your record and obviously he's producing your record and and all that but uh, tell me how did you how did you I've read a little bit of it. Can you explain a little bit more about it? how did you get to work with him and how did that uh, change your approach to making music? Well, um, I actually, when I decided that I wanted to do music, um, I, I told my mom and we were at a, a business, um, we were on a business trip actually in Pennsylvania. And uh, long story short, yeah. I ran into Dean's sister um, who knows my family. Dean knew my family as well because my dad actually coached Dean in high school. He was on his basketball team in high school. <laughs> so um, through business, they, you know, were able to kind of reconnect. And so Dean's sister, her name's Kay, and she, I will, I will forever be indebted to her because she's the one that really pushed me to contact Dean. Um, and she was like, here's his phone number. He's written all these great songs. And she was like, send me songs. And she'd send me messages like, have you talked to me yet? Have you called him yet? And I wasn't quite brave enough to call someone who's in, you know, he's in Lone Star. They've yeah. like won awards. They've had number one hits. You don't just call that person on the phone. That's incredibly scary. So I got super brave, if you want to call it that, and I Facebook messaged him. So <laughs> that's where it all started. And he said he would love to work with me. You know, he loved my dad. And, and that, that kind of went from there. But he's really pushed me to um, – really, you know, be the best musician that I can be. And he's really helped me to find my sound. Um, and just to have someone in Nashville that's willing to work with you and that's willing to, you know, give up their time uh, because time is so valuable um, that it's really, you know, humbling that he, he cared enough to spend that time working with me in the studio and outside of the studio as well. It's always great to have somebody really, uh, you know, in your corner, uh, right. no, matter, no matter who it is, but, you know, people yeah. pushing you for it. Um, I noticed uh, in your bio one of the things that I read I thought was kind of uh, kind of cool was that you you know you mentioned that you don't take all the credit for uh, for your success and that your family's a big part of it and obviously you know you explained how your brother you know you looked at what he was doing and said hey I got to change my dreams but uh, can you elaborate a little bit more about uh, you know how how things um, how your parents sort of work with you and support you on this yeah. My my parents are 110% behind me. Um, they're phenomenal, and they I mean they come to shows whenever they can. Um, my my dad actually has um, he's he's a motivator. Um, obviously, being a coach, uh, 
you, you've got to have that, you know, motivational ability, but he also uh, now has written motivational books as well. So I come from a family that has kind of that, you know, if this is what you want to do, we'll support you and we'll be a hundred percent behind you. And I'm really fortunate because there's so many people out there who think music's a crazy dream, you know, stop daydreaming. And I'm blessed not to have a family that, that said that to me. Yeah. That's great that you've got, you've got parents that want to, want to be able to support you like that. Um, Uh, Makes the world a difference when you got a dream. Yeah, it does. And I mean, my mom and dad both, I mean, my mom's really great at, she's super task oriented. So if I ever need something done, my mom is the one who will, you know, I need flight booked or hotels booked or something arranged. She is on it. So it's really cool to get to kind of work with them as well. Um, You know, your career has been, just from what I've been reading, has just been gaining a lot of steam. I mean, you've opened up for a number of big-name acts in country music. You participated in the 23rd Annual City of Hope softball game um, during the uh, CMA Fest. And I know from our correspondence that you just got back from London recently, uh, or at least before Christmas and all that. So, you know, and now, now starting soon, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to be open up for Lone Star uh, when they go on tour, correct? That is correct. It's coming. It's literally two weeks from today that we head out. So I, I'm stoked. It's going to be a blast. I, I was going to say, you know, how has how have you been handling all this crazy activity? Well, the good thing is that we just got done with November and December, so there was a lot of downtime. <laughs> so that was good. I think that you just it's like with anything, you know, you 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 kind of ride it or you try to just stay level headed, and this is your job. So I go into work mode and. Um, that's how I view it. I absolutely love what I do, but it's just like anything else. You know, you wake up, you go to work, um, and people are people. It doesn't matter, you know, if if you're in the limelight or not. Everyone's still a person. So if you kind of keep that focus and just love what you do, then it makes it, you know, it makes it really easy to handle. And just exciting. I mean, for me, thinking I was going to be a businesswoman yeah. to now, you know, traveling on a bus, and my work day to day was I wrote a song with um, one of my best friends and uh, Gwen Sebastian, who actually sings uh, backup for Blake Shelton and is a phenomenal artist in her own mm-hmm. right as well. But to do that and then I had a rehearsal and that was my work day. It's really surreal that <laughs> that's how I spend my days. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, I guess I guess when you really, really uh, think about it, it is just a job, but it's just a different set of circumstances. That's that's kind of cool. You got it. You're level headed like that. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't we uh, take a pause and uh, let everybody enjoy another song? Uh, what are we going to hear this time? You are now going to hear my current single that was just released to radio this week. It's "That's the Sound." All right. This is "That's the Sound" by Sarah Beth. Falling 
Okay, that was that's the sound by Sarah Beth. Sarah, before we go any further, what are what's the best place for people to keep in touch and find out what's going on with you? Um. Well, I absolutely love Facebook and Twitter. And so, of course, you can follow me there. And um, Facebook is facebook.com backslash Sarah Beth TX, like Texas. And then okay. Twitter, I, I, yeah, I draw my last name for my stage name. My last name is Swaggerty, but I kept it in my Twitter handle, and it's at SB Swags. And then my website, sarahbethmusic.com. You can find anything and everything and more there. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Just out of curiosity, what what's the first record you ever bought with your own money? I'm not exactly sure if I purchased it with my own money or not. Um, but the first two CDs that I ever owned, which I guess cassette tapes is probably what I would have purchased with my own money, but I had the My Girl soundtrack okay. and the Sound of Music soundtrack. Those are the first two CDs that I ever remember adding to my collection. And then I remember my grandma, my great grandma, giving me the Alan Jackson Greatest Hit um, cassette tape. That's- Obviously. He gave, but I don't know which one I actually bought. I, that's okay. That's okay. It's, you know, nobody, not everybody remembers exactly which one they bought and which one was bought for them the first one. But, you know, we, it's just, it's a fun way for us to try to figure out what people were listening to before. And, and of course, our follow-up question now is, um, who influences you the most in, in your music now? What, what artist? Um, that, see, that's like, it's the hardest question to answer because it can change from day to day. Um, I mean, you can take different things from different songs. And um, I, I really love the Dixie Chicks, but my, my music isn't so much the Dixie Chicks. But like today, the song that we wrote, um, the Scotty McCrary song, um, See You Tonight, that was what we, we were listening to that. And that's kind of what inspired the song that we wrote today. So it's really, it's interesting how you can just take different things from different people. And so in the end, I can't tell you exactly who influences what, but I'm just always listening for new new ideas gotcha gotcha that's that's a perfect answer you know there's no no wrong answer in this trust me (laughs) it is it's so hard i wish i had like that definitive like you know it is this person this album track seven but i don't have that (laughs) that that no that would be interesting as well too (laughs) so i ramble instead that's that's okay um i have to tell you that uh watching your music videos um i got i i loved uh you know been researchers for a little while. I loved Grinch, please the song and the video. Uh, that was really cool. And uh, Thank you. your your song for Miss You Anywhere. I, I love on the YouTube page where you have it and you you got the first comment there and you're like enjoy the cute kids, and and they were cute. They were very cute kids. I I have to wonder, did you go with that concept for or shoot that video because it seems like it was probably a little bit easier to shoot than kicking and screaming with the trucks. Um. Yeah, it it was, and but there's some outtakes from kicking and screaming actually that you don't see. The most challenging part of that video was the fact that um, there was a helicopter. For all of the aerial shots that you see of the truck driving, mm-hmm. there there's a a helicopter was used to get all that footage. And footage that did not make it into the to the music video was me standing on top of an 18-wheeler on the side of the road, having to perform, like I'm having to do, you know, a performance scene up in this black dress and cowboy boots. And every time that, like, a car would drive by fast, like, the um, truck would shake just a little bit. And it was incredibly scary. I was up there for probably an hour, maybe longer. And 
also cars would like drive by and they thought, I don't know, some people thought I was in distress. Maybe people would dress <laughs> up and stand on the top of trucks. I don't know. But other people were like filming on their iPhones. Um, we got in trouble with the state trooper as well during that video. Um, he didn't want us getting in the water to film the water scenes. And uh, my mom's car got towed. So all that being oh my said, God. there was much easier <laughs> to film. <laughs> So, so the little toy cars didn't get towed or nothing like that. Nobody got ticketed. No, the only thing with kids is sometimes they their time schedule and your time schedule are just not the same. So the lucky thing was, um, the director Stokes Nielsen, his son was actually the little boy that was in the video, and uh, so it was really great because he obviously knows his son. He knows how to handle him, so that you know wasn't too much of a problem at all. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess I'm like some. Uh, if it was some little child actor, you you can't like go up and kind of discipline them the same way you can discipline your own child. That's kind of right, cool. Exactly, and <laughs> they want to like play with the teddy bear. They don't want to use them as a prop. Like they want to play with them. You know, like a normal kid would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A second thought, maybe. Yeah, okay. Maybe it was easier to do the truck one. <laughs> Maybe it was. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to wrap things up here in a second. Uh, what I wanted to f- ask you uh, for last question is, uh, is there any song of yours, you know, now I mean, it's done, it's out and all that and everything, but is there any one song of yours that, um, you know, you just, it just has a special meaning for you? Um, there's kind of two, but uh, I think that, the one I'll go with. Um, you can tell me it's both. Called... It's not a problem. Uh, okay. Well, it'll. It, I think that kicking and screaming is probably the one that um, means the most to me. And it's not necessarily. It's you know. It's not the words of the song or anything. It's just the fact that that was the first single I ever had that went to radio, um, and it made it made the music road charts, which was great. Um, I, it was the first music video that I ever filmed. It was the title track of the first the the first music that I put up on iTunes it was it's just it's one of those things where it's all of the things I never thought would actually happen in my life that song made possible and the second song would be possible which is the title track of my full length album and that's just because of the message of the song and I think that it's really my story if you truly believe and you know you're willing to work hard anything is possible well said well said <laughs> well you. Sarah, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule, and it is a busy schedule to do this interview with me. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, until next time, everybody, uh, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and my guest has been Sarah Beth. Make sure you check her out. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Unclaimed Bands its parent company or subsidiaries.